0: Hello and welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Villa have now gone 10 games unbeaten after a 1-0 win over Fulham and moved up to fifth in the Premier League. Today, I'm joined by Paul Webb, who is co-chair of the AVFC London Lions supporters group. So, um, I think you must be one of the most well-travelled Aston Villa fans on the planet, really, because you get to... A lot of games and uh, last night you went up from London up to back up to Villa Park to see the Fulham game. So uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, well, thank you very much. Yeah, very tired uh,
1: this morning. So hopefully that's a little bit of a preparation for next season when we're having to do these midweek travels and getting used to midweek football. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. But the
1: game, if you analyse the game as itself, it was a bit of a, a boring game. Um, we... Managed the first half exceptionally well. Mm. I felt we were in complete control from the first, but they had like a chance within 30 seconds. And then after that, we were in complete control of the first half. They allowed us, and we've discussed it at previous games, sort of like Palace and Bournemouth. They didn't really put a press on us at all throughout that first half. And they just let us have the ball. And we were incredibly patient. I think where we are in the league and the recent run of form has allowed fans to... Embrace that and we were patient as a fan base and mm. just allowed that general build-up. And Marino in the first half was exceptional. That was such a good outlet to have. And he just felt the goal was coming. There was like three or four corners in a row, which led to the goal. And the first half was brilliant. Uh, just a very assured performance without ever looking to be in danger. Mm. Um, and watching it in the stadium, I didn't quite see if there'd been any tactical changes by Fulham at half time, but it felt like there was a change in the second mm-hmm. half. Like we couldn't get the we couldn't dictate midfield. Uh felt that Louise and Dendonka, albeit were breaking at the play well enough, couldn't get the couldn't get on the ball in the yeah. second half. And their midfielders sort of took over. And therefore the second half, Stobly statistically, looks like we were in complete control of it because Martinez didn't really have too many saves to make but they were in control of the ball and it made for a nervy last 15, 20 minutes. And we were just sort of counting down the seconds to get to full time. Mm. So I think overall a very professional win, a great win, a very professional performance without ever getting out of second gear. I'd probably say.
0: Yeah, it, it definitely felt like that. And um, first half, uh, again it was another example of Villa just having so much control at home as we've seen in the games against Palace, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest recently at Villa Park and it's almost like that left-hand side of the pitch with Moreno it's like it's almost like opposition teams kind of in that mid-table area haven't yet worked out how to play against Villa do you press Hmm. them because if you try to do that like Newcastle did we seem to be able to get out of it Uh, Or do you sit back like Fulham tried? And in the end, they they end up just knackering themselves out because Moreno's pulling back one of their key threats, Harry Wilson, in the first 15 minutes, and he's having to chase back constantly. It's it's definitely something that I think other opposition teams haven't yet quite worked out, unless you say a Man City or an Arsenal, and you can just take it to Villa. So it's fascinating to watch that, I think. Um, But you know that second-half performance, do you think maybe it come in just three days after the Brentford game, Do you think it was maybe a sign of um, slight fatigue and maybe that we're starting to see the squad is quite light now?
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think we were saying we need to make a change, but then you look at the bench and he he, he feels like, and it's not critical to say he's only making the same substitutions. It, we only have a squad now that allows us the same substitutions unless you start bringing Chambers into that defensive midfield role.
0: Mm.
1: He only has a, about three or four options that he can genuinely make without throwing a, a youngster completely into the mix. Mm. So I think last night would have been a great game to have. Obviously, Kamara would be great to be have right now because he's yeah. such an exceptional talent. But if you had... Kamara starting and you could bring a Dendonker on into midfield. So that depth, it felt like mid, last night the fatigue had set in and the midfield, the same 11 playing with the three games in a row, had caught up with them. Uh, I think we got a little bit fortunate in the sense that it was a perfect time to play Fulham. Uh, listening to your Rivals podcast, uh, try and they were trying to justify that this is a great time for Fulham to play because they've got nothing to play for. And I remember those days last season where you try and convince yourself that you've still got something to go. And it's, oh, this is what a fantastic time. We can just go for it. Mm. But they also then had Villian get dropped out in the warm-up. I think it was Wilson went off after 10 minutes. So we came up against a team that were also very similarly, um, uh, unfortunately, very tired as well. Mm. So if we'd have played a team last night that were a little bit fresher, who perhaps hadn't played at the weekend, if you look at the likes of Chelsea, who didn't play at the weekend, so they're going to be very fresh in these midweek fixtures. We happen to play against a team who had a very hard game at the weekend against Leeds. They're a team that genuinely don't have anything to play for, which is actually a mark of respect for Fulham, because I think a lot of people fancied them to be in a relegation battle and they're 100% safe already. So it's a big credit to them. So I, I do worry going into the future games that that could catch us out because I don't see many options that we're going to be able to change the starting eleven. You look at the injuries we've got now: Kamara being in a cast looks like he's probably going to be out for a good while. Matty Cash just doesn't seem to, he's not back in training yet. Uh, Coutinho's not in training. And um, so you sort of think to yourself, actually, this is the starting eleven now for the rest of the season. Uh, I don't know about Bailey, but again, I don't think he's in training yet either, frankly. So it, this feels like it could catch up with us. The only saving grace is it's been a long season for every team. So I think every team is struggling as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And um, I think Matty Cash was actually quite a miss last night as well, actually. I think the first half down that right-hand side, just a little bit more attacking impetus he might have provided could have help us get a second goal? Um, mm. Because I think, yeah, something that I mentioned as well after the game was how it feels like it's fantastic to see Villa getting these wins constantly at home and not conceding. But the one thing you, you, I kind of think is that are we at times, maybe could we get a second killer goal and kill these teams off rather than allowing like Bournemouth and Forest and Fulham all to be at one nil and thinking, all right, there's a chance we can get back in this. Cause it, you sort of fear at some point that might come back and bite us. Um, is, that, is that kind of a fair assessment, do you think? Or do you yeah. think it's actually Villarreal just in control? Like?
1: So I think we are in control. There's been a couple of scary moments. If you think against Brentford, there was a goal disallowed for offside. There was a goal last night disallowed for offside, which interesting. most people say, oh, we got lucky. But actually, we're playing a good off-line, offside trap. And we're hmm. catching people out. It looks lucky because of the stupid officials now can't raise their flags. So they allow the goal to go. But actually, yeah. so we're playing a good line. But yeah, it is worrying. And one thing I would say about that is I felt at the end of the first half, we were probably took our a little bit off the pedal too soon because I felt yeah. that first half, there was another goal in it. Yeah. And we almost were happy to go in at 1-0. Um uh, so I think, yeah, I think there could be a problem. And it felt last night that I forget the moment it was. I don't know it was what We broke free and Watkins had a, chat, a shot and it was given as a goal kick and it was quite clearly a corner yes. and it yeah. riled the fans. It riled McGinn and it felt like we needed that. So that was probably 20 minutes into the second half. And it, we needed yeah. that moment to really get everybody back on, like getting, we needed some fire. It felt like everything was too flat. didn't help the fact that Fulham bring 10 fans and there's no way following. So the atmosphere wasn't flat as such. It was quite a good atmosphere, all things considered. But it just needed that moment to rise. And I felt actually after that moment, we got more in control and we could have got that missing. But yeah, I think looking at our fixtures to come, five really tough fixtures for different reasons in every game, And if the opportunity presents ourselves to kill a game off, I think we are really going to have to take it because we are going to concede between now and the end of the season. This run that we're on is going to be under some serious threat. Um, And it's how do we react to that situation? I think in the Brentford game, we reacted uh, very well with the subset brought on. But it's, it's going to be 13, 14 players that are going to get us between now and the end of the season and hopefully get us over the line into a European place. Yeah,
0: Um, and you know uh, we're now eight wins in ten (laughs) under Professor Unai, which is just absolutely off the scale. We haven't lost since mid February when Arsenal uh, got those two very late goals against us. We haven't conceded in five home games. It's just it's just absolutely extraordinary. And you know the 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 pattern of how when we last played Fulham and lost 3-0 and were nearly in the relegation zone and facing a relegation fight under Steven Gerrard to where we are now, above Liverpool, Chelsea, Brighton, all these, it just, it's just extraordinary. Um, <laughs> you know, I mentioned that defence. Why Why do you think Villa are so good defensively at the moment? Well,
1: it's a good, I think at the moment we're... It's consistency. So Mings and... uh, Mings would be a huge shout-out. The goal got last night. He deserves that, not necessarily just for last night, but in the last three or four weeks, I think he's been superb. Amazing, Um, uh, He had a little bit of a blip in the second half, but that, for me, was purely down to the fact that Olsen was in goal. Not trying to call out Olsen in that, him being as a goalkeeper, but being at the game, you could tell Mings was second-guessing, do I pass it back to Olsen or do I get rid of it whereas that consistency across the back four has been, we we are comfortable p- passing to Martinez. He's improved that side of the game. And they just know what each other's doing. Mm-hmm. Ashley Young has come in and they're reliable. They're talking well. And I think it's just a, a very solid unit. And Kamara or Dendonka, whoever's in there, is giving them the protection they need. And teams are now scared to play with them in that sense. They feel they don't. Their mindset now is they're coming to Villa Park of how do we stop Villa? Yeah, I think you've touched on it a few times. They're not going at us, uh, which is a mark of respect to, to Emery and everybody else. And we have been able to dictate the games in midfield and give protection to our back four.
0: think
1: mm. Under Gerard, they were just under constant bombardment at times. So they weren't necessarily playing poorly, but they had no respite. Mm. Um, the midfield wasn't well organised. We weren't organised as a team. Positionally, we weren't dangerous, so teams didn't fear us. So they came at us. And um, I still genuinely believe that if a team put us under a lot of high press, we would succumb to a few mistakes. And it, mm. it baffles me every week when I don't see it, uh, a team up against us. Um, so I just think that the leadership from Mings in the last couple of months has been exceptional. Conza mm. has followed Mings's suit. Them as a partnership works so well together. And Moreno's come in and been fantastic. It feels like he's great going forward, but he gets back. His positional sense, it's just a well organised unit, frankly. Like you see, if McGinn goes forward, everybody knows where they have to cover. McGinn has been man marking the opposition left back in the last few games. So last night, he was stood on Fulham's left back against Newcastle. It was on Dan Burn, And we are just, the mentality now is that we defend from the front. Yeah. And it doesn't just mean and that doesn't mean Watkins just runs around and starts the press. It means that our lines are higher. We are we all know the team just look like such a well-drilled unit. And you've got individuals who have genuinely bought into it. If you think about this season, Mings was dropped and looked like he was going to be cast aside and a bomb squad was going to be created and Mings was going to be part of it. That was this season. That Fulham game that you mentioned was this season. It is unbelievable to think that this was all in the same season. But a unity has been created where everyone has a belief and uh, helps with winning games, but they have something to genuinely play for now. I think, for me, the reason that we're keeping clean sheets is the team is unified and know what they're doing, both attacking-wise and defensively. But for me, Mings deserves a special shout-out. I think he's been exceptional now for fast use, and, uh, dare I say, deserves an England call-up again
0: and might even arguably be the best performing central defender in the Premier League. I know John Stones is very, is doing very well and that, but I, I Mings is just totally right up there. He's been fantastic. He, and on the ball as well, he's passing in his, his uh, possession of the ball. And like last night, there was one ball he played through the, through the Fulham lines in the first half that was sort of outside of his left foot. It just, um, it, it's amazing to think of where he was having to look Gerrard in the eye at the start yeah. of the season to where he is now, but, um, you know, our next game, Manchester United away. Old Trafford, not a place we've ever enjoyed yeah. going to, really, apart from when Courtney Hawes and Gabby Bonlehall score headers there. Uh, you know, they, they haven't lost at Old Trafford um in the league since the first day of the season. Uh, I believe that's right. Uh, so <laughs> somebody will probably could quote me now and say they actually have. But uh, but uh, so how do you feel about the United game? Uh
1: I'm pretty sure we've discussed Man United away before on this um, podcast. You can never feel confident going to Old Trafford. I don't never. care what the scenario is. Villa's record there, albeit we've had a couple of better results in recent years, is genuinely dreadful.
0: Yeah,
1: and I will never get too excited about playing Man United. But the facts are they're struggling from a fitness perspective. you looked at the FA Cup semi-final, a lot of their players went off. There, some key players go down injured. They don't play till Thursday night, so their mm. next game is tomorrow night. It's a good time. We we won't fear them. Like our away form now is so good that we've got no reason to go there and fear them. It what these last three results to pick up seven points in Newcastle, Brentford, and Bright um, and Fulham has put us in a really strong, really really strong position in the league that actually, if we were to go to Man United and lose, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of our campaign. We can then bounce back with the rest of the fixtures. So we can sort of go at it full of confidence and go at them. I have no uh, doubt that Professor Unai, as I say say it now, I'll jump on your bandwagon. (laughs) We'll have a game plan for them. He will suss them out and he will know how to approach them. That doesn't suggest that I'm going to be silly and suggest we could win at Old Trafford because I don't think I'll ever be that confident but Mm. why wouldn't this be a good time to play them? You would want to play a team who's just had to go to extra time and penalties so they're tired, they've now got another game, I think they've got Spurs is it tomorrow night? Yes, yeah. So that's a tough game despite Spurs so they've got to go away to Spurs difficult game and then they've got, so they won't have much rest they could Mm. pick up a few more knocks it's a good time to play them what I would say is we're going to be the same. We're going to be tired as well. We might not yeah. be as tired as them. So, I, I'd absolutely snap your hand off for a draw right now and yeah. just keep momentum going. I think it could be the end of the run, but that, that I'm not worried that that means it's the end of our European campaign. I, don't, I think we will lose between now and the end of the season. I just think that's we can't surely we can't keep not losing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and this is that fixture that just always strikes fear in me. I think. But I have confidence that if we were to lose the game, Wolves away now looks like a very generous fixture. I understand the local rivalry, especially growing up in the black country. Um, But they're now safe. Mm. So it's a good time to be playing Wolves. I wouldn't want to have played them a couple of weeks ago when they were desperate for points. They're now safe. They're now perhaps have achieved what they needed to do this season. So for me, the next two games, I can easily see us getting three points, which would keep us on track for where we need to be at the end of this season.
0: Yeah, I'd could Totally see the United game as well. Um, that they have those injuries, but I think I do just fear that that's that lightness of squad that we have might just come back and get us against a United. Yeah. Um, I, I'd love Matty Cash to be back basically if, if he can be back for a for Sunday, but uh, I'm not holding out much hope. Um, but yeah, I'm talking to a Manchester United fan this week and I'll be interested to get his perspective. because, uh, <laughs> um uh, they're always quite confident when they play us, yeah. but uh, I don't know, things are a bit different now for the first time in a long time. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm more excited about going to Old Trafford than I normally would be. I, it's how I'd put it. Um, yeah, but, but, Paul, you know, you're, you're, you're co-chair of the London Lions, a group that I'm a member of, a group we've spoken about before. But for anybody who may not have heard about them, how do uh, how do we get involved?
1: Yeah, so you can join us via to so us on London Lions on Facebook. We're on Twitter as well with that handle, uh, and we try and meet up for games that are on TV. We've also got a, a pub that shows games when perhaps they're not meant to be on TV, which is always fantastic in uh, Elephant and Castle. And we're open to all everybody who wants to come down and watch games. There's also a football team that you can join, so we're trying to be as accessible for everybody. Uh, So you can get in touch with Frankie via the podcast or like I said, the London Lions on uh, most socials as well.
0: Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, Frankie Maguire. Catch you again soon, Paul. Up the villa. And goodbye from me. We'll be back again soon. But until then, come on, super Aston Villa.